0: Good morning, folks. I haven't been here for, I guess it's been a few weeks because we had a fifth Wednesday. Today, we're going to talk about budgeting. Oh, my goodness. The county budget has been approved. Um, I have uh, Fifth District Supervisor Ted Williams on the air with me and First District Supervisor Glenn McGordy. And we're going to talk about co- county finances. Um as we're talking about finances, I want to say that we did have a pledge drive the last time I was here. I want to thank everybody that called in. We did great for TKO and the Wednesday morning programming. Just to let you know, I do alternate with um, Dan Jurdy and Mari Roden. They do great things bringing you uh, Citizen U, how you can get involved. So this was a pretty packed hour. Unfortunately, as with the county and most other organizations, uh, we had a $100,000 um, goal. And as of that, I just checked about it, we had less than 60000 bringing in. So the times are interesting. Finances are interesting. It's not just the station, it's the county. So we're going to delve into the county budget and what's on the horizon for us. I'm going to make sure the guys are with me. Glenn, step up to your mic. Are you there, Mr. Glenn McGordy? Uh-huh can you hear me okay yeah just yeah there you go and ted williams good morning good ted's a little bit louder than glenn so guys you had a budget hearing last tuesday um you went over a lot of stuff you've been dealing with the county uh, department heads for several months now the ceo's office has been dealing with that you've dealt with it um I want to just, we're going to talk about some numbers, but basically what I wanted to get is the direction where we're at and where we're going to go because we've got a very austere budget. I know the total budget was $421 million, which sounds like it is a lot of money. That's definitely a lot of money, folks. Um, But when you get rid of, when when you break it down to the money, what we call discretionary funds, which... That's the money that our Board of Supervisors and county actually can decide where it goes. That's called discretionary money. That works out to be just under just under 95 million dollars. So you get that huge budget, but what the Board of Supervisors and the county department heads can actually work with discretionary is minuscule compared to that. And they've got a lot of work that has to go has to be done with that um so there's been a lot of uh cutbacks the department's heads had to really go through each department and pull back what they could possibly pull back to make it work to the point i guess one of the things that jumped out to me last uh tuesday was when you've got the department head for uh probation um great guy i mean he's doing a great job in probation and he talks about well about the only next thing i can do is put all the lights on timers to maybe save on the electricity i mean that's what we're down to right guys we're kind of down to you know how many cars do we have uh what are we going to do with you know ride sharing um yeah i mean the things we're looking having to cut back is pretty incredible So, who wants to start off? Ted, you want to jump in first? Just how you feel about the process?
1: I I feel good about the process. I feel good that uh, we have board unity. I think all five. You know, we we typically will bicker a little bit, and we we have split votes. In this process, I think we're all seeing reality for what it is and um, making the really hard decisions about compromises. So, I feel good about the process. I don't feel good about um, the The nature of of no growth rural county finances and in that uh, essentially you have less money in real terms every year to work with so i look south and see sonoma county's board gets to decide how to spend the additional revenue that's come in year over year we're in a position to decide well what more should we cut going into the next year that's a really tough position to be in and you know as a county we need to find a a way forward that includes revenue growth
2: glenn how do you feel about it I, I echo what what Ted had to say. I, I think we're we're fortunate. We have a, a good financial team uh, under CEO Darcy Antle. That's her background in finance, and and I think she's worked really really hard to to come up with the budget that we have. It's it's not satisfying. Uh, you know, I'm I'm concerned that we can't offer a cola to our employees at this time because if you if you miss a year, then you're falling further and further behind and We've been trying to, to bring our pay up to market conditions, but we're, we're not going to be able to do that this season.
0: Yeah, I, that was one thing that did come up and has come up several times about a cola. Um, I know the SEI rep um, was there, and, and a lot of, several of the SEI employees have come and talked about how they need COLAs. They're behind on comparable wage. Uh, one of the interesting things that came up at the meeting, Ted, you actually asked uh, the CEO's office about it. What does it cost? If, if you were to put, and I just want to get the numbers out so people understand what the impact is, uh, to raise a 1% COLA, which is a cost of living, for our employees, if you just gave a 1% COLA, the impact to the budget would be $1.3 million um, per per 1% COLA you give. That was the number that was put out. I think that's right, guys. Yeah? That's right. So that, I mean, we all need to understand that it'd be great to get our employees 3% cost of living, do all of that, but you've got to look at the budgetary impact of that so those are the kind of things that make it um bring it home for me as to what it really means um to do so we have a what what took the hit what i saw taking the hit again with is our deferred maintenance we're not going to be able we're, we're slipping behind every year which we have been doing for years on upkeep on our buildings we're seeing that happen on, and on our roads, especially the impact there. And that just seems to be kind of a given. I, I personally, unless we were to put in more sales tax, I'm not sure how we get extra money coming in. So development, um, economic development is on the table um glenn you've been dealing with that what looking ahead i know we have to cut back but are there ways for us to grow our income what what do we see happening in the county
2: well there there's a couple things of course the economic development is a, a function of the of, of local governments that is considered to be optional it's not mandated but uh, most counties that are doing well financially like sonoma uh, do invest in in trying to attract uh, potential employers or industries that that would create tax base, and with the demise of the cannabis industry here locally, it's having a financial impact uh, not only on on county income on taxes, but but also on money that circulates through the community. Because when when people don't have money to spend, then all of the businesses and services also. Uh, will will decline and also tax income declines because people aren't spending money so and we've seen that we see our sales tax go down we've seen our cannabis tax go down uh you know we're we're down a little bit on tot but it's staying pretty pretty close to to average for us we enjoyed a lot of vacationers during covid that were making short trips to mendocino because they weren't going overseas but uh, you know, now we're seeing things return to a little bit more normal levels. So economic development it, it is basically kind of an investment mentality in, in your in your local economy. And so we, we have Visit Mendocino, which is doing quite a good job of promoting our region. And uh, Supervisor Hasjack and I, during the last year, have been working very closely with, with uh, West Company, uh, we have a, a a contract with them to do economic development work, and they've they've done quite a good job. To, uh, we've kind of focused on a few areas of blue economy in Fort Bragg, where they've brought in a, a close to five million dollars for for projects there that include the desalination project, and then they also have uh, a kind of a revitalization of the the harbor of the Noyo Harbor. So that's an example of what you can do when you have economic development uh, functions in your county government so because we want to continue with this work our county council has told us we need to get to a standing committee because uh, you can't do it on an ad hoc basis like we have ad hoc committees are only supposed to last a year if you want to continue then you uh, to be brown act compliant you need to have a standing committee so we're, we will we'll be initiating a standing committee we're going to have our first meeting and uh, next month and we will uh, begin to organize ourselves to to work with kind of stakeholders around the county so um you know this is a really positive move
0: well let me let me just throw some numbers at that so the listeners understand <coughs> excuse me i'm actually looking at it's a budgetary unit um 1000 which is re- revenue forecasts for the county so when we're looking at sales tax um the sales tax that comes into the county is just around $8 million. Uh, the TOT tax, when you get down to looking at that, that's transitory occupancy tax. That's about 8 million. So our sales tax and our TOT tax are running about the same. Um, I haven't I was out I was out at the coast a uh, weekend ago for the um, Mendocino Film Festival, which was great folks. These are the kind of things that are really fun and a lot of tourists go to. And I know I paid thirteen uh, percent tax on the room that I rented. Just ask either one of you can take this head of you. Is that comparable to what I would pay in Sonoma County? I try to stay in the county when I drop my money, so I don't do much outside. But if I was to go to San Francisco or to Sonoma County, would that uh, TOT tax be equivalent, or are they actually getting more than us? Does anybody know, either of you?
2: Yeah, my understanding is they get a little bit more, maybe a percent
1: more.
0: A percent more. Ted, mm-hmm. is that right?
1: Uh, we're, we're, we're on the low end. Uh, there's room to bump ours up. I think part of that discussion would need to be how to spend it maybe not sweep it all into the general fund but address some of the problems that are created as a result of visitors you know you have huge impact on on EMS and on fire you have trash on the sidewalks yet the county doesn't have a maintenance crew to clean it up so you know I th- I, I I think we're low it it does it, it would be appropriate to adjust it up um, but we need to be really careful about how that increase is used to make sure that we address problems that are created by the visitor economy
0: yeah roads is another one i know generally when the tourists come in they're using state roads but there are a lot of county roads they use too so that's interesting um i mean i always hate to say we need to go taxing 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 but that just does seem to be the way we generate income the largest income we have is actually folks listening is uh that's our secured property taxes we're actually bringing in just over $42 $42 million a year on property taxes, which is a whole another issue. Um, one of the discussions has been, and I haven't had a chance to look into it, I actually want to do a show on housing, is short-term rental. Um, I know there is a tax, a separate tax for short-term rentals. I, I guess it's part of the TOT tax. Um, yes. There's been some discussion about maybe raising just that one um, rental, the short-term rental. Uh, which would be airbnbs your backyard rentals and that kind of stuff uh is is that something that it might work i mean are we out of the ballpark compared to surrounding counties of what we tax well, for that
2: we, we use the same tot on everything what's okay. kind of scary is the state is saying that they'd like to put a 15 percent tax on uh, short-term rentals on top of what we have which would be like a 30 percent tax if somebody uh was to uh use a airbnb so there's a, a Senate bill that's moving through right now, uh, and that, that doesn't bode well for affordability.
0: Would, that, would any of that trickle down to the counties, or that would go straight into the states coffers?
2: Does it anybody goes straight know? into the states at this point.
0: Wow, I had not heard about that. Mm-hmm. Is it close? I mean, is that something that we need to get our citizens talking about?
2: probably i i think our my, my understanding is that uh senator mcguire supports it so we probably need to have a discussion because it you know that's very impactful
0: that that would be a big hit because if i'm paying 13 in fort bragg and they had another 13 that's like a that's a lot of tax
2: yeah it is
0: wow that i mean yeah especially if it's not trickling down to the county well i i'm yeah so that that's taxes. I I have a hard time with the taxing situation but I don't know how you pay for these community services if you don't do that Um, when you get back into beyond taxing then you have um, sales tax or business income are because we're such a rural county is do we have the option of bringing in big businesses or bringing in industry Um, you're in the inland corridor uh, which might be easier to do than on the coast Glenn is business development um, someplace? I mean, I guess that's called. I'd be under economic development, but sure. do we have the do we have the infrastructure? Do we have the access to to be able to do that to bring in business, the, Ted?
1: We're, we're not really on a transportation corridor. We're not on yeah. I five. We don't have uh, rail. Um, you, you don't have a way to. You don't have a, a port it's a tough place to attract uh, quote-unquote big business. I think as a board, we also worry about um, whatever economic development occurs in the years to come needs to provide living wages. The last thing we want is another uh, Walmart-style situation where, yeah, we've brought in business and we've created jobs, but the people who are working those jobs can't make ends meet and need every subsidy imaginable. This county doesn't have any uh, funds to give uh, subsidies of any type and so uh we need we need more business activity, but we need the sort of business activity that pays living wages
0: yeah, and and then, and then you've got housing
1: well you, you know housing there are there are developers there's contractors that would love to be out building houses. they need people who can afford to rent the house or afford to buy the house with a profit. they're not going to do it at a loss, and when I talk to developers, they point at. The People who want housing in your county can't afford the modern cost of, of the housing, the labor component, the, the raw land, the infrastructure, um, you know, building materials to, to meet California building code. When they, when they put that total package together, it's well beyond what a wage earner in our county can afford. So housing is it's sort of like a hospital to say, you know, hospital's not doing well, can't make ends meet. Well, it's because you don't have a population that can afford the service. You don't have a population that can afford the modern cost of housing. The way to fix that is living wages. If we had the sort of uh, median wage that Sonoma County has, we would see more housing.
0: True. This is why sometimes I think like we we go in. This is why sometimes I personally go in a circle around this. I see where the issues are, what you're talking about, uh, getting good wages, getting good incomes, but you can't do that. Because of the, you know, I mean, I see it as a circular thing and I'm not sure how we get out of or get a direction going where we can actually move forward to deal with some of these issues. Um, And I don't know, either one of you have an idea of just, I know it's one step at a time. I know we've done a lot moving forward with, um, you know, getting our systems for the county I mean, the whole upgrade of our IT systems was a mess over many years. Um, I'm hearing that it's getting more straightened out, a lot of the work, a lot of the billing that needs to go out, a lot of the internal structure to track things is actually coming to fruition after seven, eight years. That seems to be helping. what I'm not sure of is, except for rolling back and reducing the county's footprint, how do we make our county sub- sustainable? I know that's a big question, guys. I know that's a really yeah. big question. But this is kind of where, when I get ready to do these kind of shows, this is what he keeps coming up for me.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, those are all really good questions. So a lot of it comes in from planning, is uh, figuring out. What resources do we have that? What kind of industries do you want to attract? And, and that's what uh, economic development does in part. And that's what we're trying to do is prioritize what sort of things can we do? And we see opportunities in things like the blue economy. So we have a very relatively large space uh, on in Fort Bragg that is unused uh, at uh, the former GP plant. So that's where uh, the idea of, of a blue economy that focuses on on marine resources as sort of the centerpiece for uh, developing the space comes in. So that in, could include something like aquaculture. Uh, we we have obviously ocean water, and the the plan would be that the infrastructure needed for that would be a, a very large uh, pipeline of of water that could be brought on on onshore uh, for for use for. Of aquaculture purposes, and and there's people visioning that, and then they're also visioning how they can have the technology that goes along with that, uh, like the uh, a marine science center uh, and other possible tourist uh, businesses that take advantage of the coastal position. So that's kind of one area that in the economic development sector we're looking at. The other one that I think is pretty exciting uh, that is sort of moving forward is green hydrogen and the idea of the hydrogen highway. So it turns out that we have a lot of biomass that doesn't have much value. We really need to thin our forests. We know that they're overstocked. We, we have, you know, three or 400 trees per acre. A healthy forest should be down around probably 20 to 50. And, uh, you know, the in sustainable forestry management, you do some thinning, but to sort of accelerate the thinning to get the smaller trees out and lower fire danger, if we can use those, uh trees for something then then you uh begin to to build a uh some economic capacity so the the ideas behind it center around generating energy by what's called pyrolysis which which is below combustion levels around 800 degrees celsius where you create essentially what's called syngas or biogas it can be burned in combustion internal combustion motors and uh and generate electricity or you can take it a step further and make hydrogen uh through uh, uh refining processes and and what's interesting about that is that as we move to electric vehicles big rig trucks probably aren't going to do real well on on batteries so they figure right now the technologies we have they, they might make it 75 miles before they need to recharge however they could run on hydrogen and uh that's something that we could actually make here in mendocino county as a bike product of, of creating forest resiliency so that's something that we're pursuing with our economic development uh, uh, plans and and local industry is is interested so uh that could be something that mendocino county could step into and it'd be those kind of jobs that ted's talking about that where you're paid a living wage to to do that work
0: yeah one of the one of the interesting industries that started uh years ago in mendocino county that i thought was going to take off was biodiesel I thought that was really a, a really good thing. We had the depot in uh, Ukiah, but that, that kind of didn't pan out. Um, Ted, what about um, what a economically development with rural with doing um, techno stuff, like people well, being able to have that, technology I, in the hills and that, stuff? That can
1: be done today. I mean, okay. some of us have been doing it for a couple decades. Yes, and- you know, some areas have limited broadband, but there, there's ways around that. It's, it's basically possible today. I guess my, my I support everything Glenn just said. Um, I do have a concern that there's very little government can do as efficiently as the people can do themselves. And so you, you, you want economic development, but do you, how much do you want to involve any government um, or county government in that process? You know, I see our role as a, a one of removing barriers, trying to get out of the way try to streamline our process so that people can focus on uh, developing their business rather than getting through uh, regulations um, unfortunately there's not a lot that the county adds on top of state and, and federal regulations so we look at what can we do to get out of the way well we're not we're not creating rules to begin with we're saying here's the state minimums that you have to comply with um, so you know i think glenn is right and they, we do have a role in 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 trying to encourage the process um, but we're also hopeful that private industry will take the leadership role and um, and you know tell us what what those viable uh, business paths will be. I on the numbers, this is where I think where you started out when you look at this, say you, you whiteboard the problem, you see uh, the math doesn't work. And s- sitting in my seat, that's exactly what I've in, I' I've c- concluded. You say 10 years ago you were having a dinner party and you had $100 dollars. Today, you're putting up five years later, you're putting on that same dinner party, I'll give you $110. That's about the county's increase. And yet you go to the store and you see, you need $133 to buy the ingredients to pull off that same event that you held five years ago. That that gap between the the, the, the slow increase in revenue versus the uh, more moderate uh, increase in, in cost of operations, that's what's creating a gap that the the county has to um cut every year and you're right there's less and less areas i mean we're down to maybe employees can carpool maybe we don't need so many vehicles stop using uh paper in the office because we have to we buy the paper we buy the toner and then we have to file it and we have to pull it out and you know do pras later the, this is kind of looking for for pennies in the in in the in the gutter and so what is the plan to really get on track for our ongoing revenue to meet our ongoing cost of operations? This county doesn't have a plan.
0: Well, we, that's true. I have not seen a plan to move forward, but I also understand that the costs are increasing so much. Even in my own in my own life and style, whatever I do, the costs are increasing more than the income coming in Um that's why one of the, Ted, one of the comments you've been making at the supervisors meetings, which I, I really think we all need to take to heart and think about, and this is, gonna, this is gonna be us as communities doing this, folks. We need to take, just like the KZYX and all the radio stations and nonprofits are taking a hard look at what we're doing in the world, Ted keeps bringing up the comment, what is the county's footprint? Okay, you've brought this up several times. Uh, It used to be that we could provide a lot of services. We have a lot of infrastructure that we take care of in the county. Um, I've talked about the facilities report that came back and listed all the properties, the deferred maintenances on the properties that the county owns. So is it really a time to start talking about the county's footprint, what we absolutely need to do as a county what should be shifted to the communities um, to try to help us live within our means either one of you jump on that one
2: glenn what do you think yeah well that's absolutely correct and the you know we we have responsibility for for things like the veterans halls which don't really generate any income but they sure can suck up a lot of dollars if the roof starts to leak uh, and, you know, we have a park system that really hasn't been properly maintained. So, so we're thinking of, of trying to find partners to essentially take them over, maybe, uh, or, but still maintain public access. That's an important thing that, that we, we feel like we want, we want to happen because parks are really important to people. But I think that, that uh, Supervisor Dirty has it right, that parks tend to be really local in nature so we should be looking long term for finding partners or economic solutions that put them in the neighborhood so uh for instance we're having discussions with the uh, mendocino land trust and anderson valley land trust about um uh you know looking looking at at at, um the parks in anderson valley that are associated with it for for helping and, and maintaining them because we we really can't afford to care of them the way that we should like Faulkner park uh we might use a concessionaire to to run indian creek park uh so so that they they basically we have uh, someone who is taking care of reservations and maintaining the uh the campground in return for some income uh, on renting it out so those are the sorts of solutions that we're being forced into because we right at the moment things are getting into disrepair and that's not accessible either because then it becomes a liability if you have dead trees and and hazardous electrical systems and things like that so uh, from a risk management point of view w- we have to find solutions to keep those places safe and we also want people to have spaces to recreate so so those are some of the hard choices we're we're having to make we, we probably need to, to get rid of some surplus properties so the, uh, because the w- while we own them the ownership doesn't really benefit you uh, if, A, you're not using them, and B, if they're costing you to maintain, just even to go clean them and, and make sure that the weeds are cut down and and all the usual things that come along with owning a, a property. Uh, we're, we're having trouble taking care of it, uh, g- given the kind of limited tax base that we have and the demands for for services and funding.
1: Good. Yeah, and, I think and, it's also the yeah. truth in uh, government maintaining those buildings comes at a much greater cost than, say, a nonprofit doing the maintenance. And, you know, right or wrong, you, you add prevailing wage and public contracting code and the whole process for the county to maintain a facility. And it's a multiple of what it would cost an individual, a private business, or even a nonprofit. So if we can find that right partner to keep the facility uh, operating and useful to the community, as a nonprofit, we may come in at a much, much lower uh, price point that you know, collectively we can afford.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna. I want to jump on that because, of course, you went right into a project I'm working on. Um, I want to just let everybody know I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO, your Wednesday morning public affairs show on the air with me. Our Fifth District Supervisor Ted Williams, First District Supervisor Glenn McGorty, and of course, Glenn, you brought that up because I'm in the middle of trying to deal with the different organizations in Anderson Valley to transfer the Anderson Valley Veterans Building to a local entity, um, and I've mentioned on the. Show show a few times the county had last year transferred their veterans hall in point arena to the boy to the city of point arena um there's the veterans hall in willits that has a city that it could possibly work to transfer to there's one in ukiah and there's one in fort bragg these are all city and city entities that i think are really well situated to take on these community venues Um, the only other one that might be difficult is the one with anderson valley and that's the uh, hopland uh, veterans building but i hear the mac and hopland is stepping up to talk about that so i'm just going to plug this i hope the supervisors work as hard as they can to get these kind of things transferred because you're not going to make any money on it okay you're not going to sell it to these communities but you're going to relieve the county of the deferred maintenance and the additional maintenance and i will say again the county's paying for not only the maintenance but they're also taking the keeping the upkeep which means they pay for utilities and all of that so this is a project i think it's really good as well as the parks um yeah this it's it's not going to be an immediate impact but in the long term we're not going to get these buildings deteriorated to a point where they get have to be torn down and we lose them totally so thanks guys for looking at that i will be in touch with you know on top of this, following that, for sure. Um, the other thing I heard though at the meeting uh the meeting last t- Tuesday was that besides some of these community buildings, it doesn't seem like there's many of the other buildings in the county that we can actually do without. Sounds like we actually need them. Are you? I know I know a lot of them are in bad shape, but it sounds like we actually need them for what we're using them for. Is that true
1: well, you 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 can't just get rid of a building you know without a more holistic plan because right. you have people inside that building that are performing functions you know daily where, where do they go to work um but a reality check uh, the county uh, has exceeded its revenue uh it, it does need to decide what types of services it can uh reduce and you know i i don't see there being um you know any uh, Big bullet points where we can just say, "Okay, these three things we're going to stop doing," and now are, we're in good financial shape. It's probably more than a hundred small items that, in the aggregate, will make the difference. You know, to give you one of those, I, I learned uh, a year or so ago that uh, somebody in my district was fined for taking down dead trees. It was a 400-acre parcel. It was ag. It was falling on his livestock non-native species in fact the county ag was out there monitoring uh, the beetle infestation so we took down 30 of these uh, trees and then you know code enforcement shows up and finds them and and that 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 kind of bothered me that we have we can't do everything we're stretched thin and that's what we're prioritizing i would think code enforcement might prioritize uh you know raw sewage being uh, uh, spilled kind of problems that are a health issue or, you know, a fire issue that really affect neighbors and community. And uh, we, we've, as a board, we gave our direction to our staff that um, that, you know, dead tree removal is more personal responsibility, not something that we want to actively uh, be policing. De- certainly deforestation is a concern, but where somebody's taking out two or three dead trees, they're going to come down anyway. Uh, that That's not really our priority in this uh, economic environment.
0: Good point, and so, and that, I think that has to do with, a, you guys, the board has been working a lot with the CEO's office and then the different department heads to prioritize, prioritize what the um, departments are doing and how they're handling it. I want, I do want to do a shout out to planning and building. It sounds like they're getting their technical uh, ability internally down to the point where they're going to be able to streamline a lot of stuff, do a lot of more, do a lot more online for applications and stuff, that, that seems to be going well. Um, it, it just seems like technology has held the county back a bit. Um, the, other, the other issue I wanted to talk about, one of the things I've been saying, and it, it kinda gets back to some of the stuff we've been talking about, is balloting by budget. Okay, and, and what I mean by that, folks, is that we've had um, two different initiatives Uh, on our ballots that have been generated from the communities uh the first one was the library tax and then it was up upped and that brought in quite a bit of money i actually have a list here of how much money that brought in uh for the libraries it was over a million some millions of dollars where was that at oh i missed it um but then the other tax we did was the fire tax, so that was Measure P, and that actually brought in four point two million dollars for fire services. Uh, then there was money that went from Tot for camping, that was another six hundred eighty thousand for um, fire services, and so it it seems like a lot of the a lot of the community seems to be willing to vote and impose taxes on ourselves if they see where the money is going directly. Uh, The reason I bring this up is Fort Bragg is just upping their uh, city tax and the money is going to be directed to roads. One of the things I've mentioned casually on the air a couple of times is, is it time to add an additional tax for ourselves, sales tax or TOT tax for roads? is that is that kind of is that is that maybe something we should be looking at as a community is you know adding small amounts of taxes where they're designated for a specific purpose so
1: we're we're approaching the cap on sales tax and uh, wait yeah, a minute there's a cap there there is and wave, waivers are allowed and when I look at the list it seems like a lot of cities and counties that have asked for a waiver have been granted by, by the legislature but there, there, there is a cap. and I, What's the in- cap,
0: Ted? What's it? I n- I've never heard of a cap on sales tax. What's the cap?
1: Uh, give, me, give me a second. As we're talking, I'll, I'll get it for you. Okay. Sure make-
0: oh, that's okay. Well, well, the reason mm-hmm. you, when you say cap, and, what, the only reason that brought triggered me was because you've got Glenn saying that the state wants to add 13%, and I'm like, well, they don't think there's a cap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, the first thing, it jumps that, back yeah, at that, me as well.
1: That, that's, that's on the TOT, right? Oh,
0: okay, okay, TOT. There's a cap. All right, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, you know, I think if you tax, this comes up from time to time, the cities have been successful in a sales tax to address roads, and I think it's been successful. I drive through our cities, and I feel envious they have the best roads around. Uh, But, you know, think about the density. You have a lot of people with very few road miles that are funding that system. You look at the the unincorporated, just the vast size, three times the size of a small state, uh, and yet not a lot of sales tax transactions. If you tax business in the unincorporated, you're not going to generate a lot of revenue. And it's going to be, for roads, it's going to be split uh, uh, you know, across 1,000 miles of road and you know, about 137 bridges. And it, I, I don't know if the public would see the return on the investment. With the library or with the fire tax, you see concrete, tangible improvements to the library system. You see lives being saved, fires being put out. You spread that money to roads and it, it would help. Um, but, you know, put it in the context of 2019, the state did a survey statewide of every mile of road and found Mendocino County needed to spend $698 million over 10 years. So, you know, just for inflation, maybe $75 million a year on average. We're not spending anywhere near that. If you were to add 2 or $3 million, it would help fill some potholes. I don't know if the public would notice that, that difference.
0: Oh, I would, but per, 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 per percentage. <laughs> yeah, per wise. percentage, right? That's true. That's true. But it's
1: it's it's not it's not getting us there in double the time. Not probably not even ten percent faster than you know the current model. The the hard reality with roads is you've got a county that doesn't have a long term plan for roads. When these roads were put in, uh, it was you know this some of the materials were basically waste products. And, you know, now refineries are able to turn that waste product into diesel and sell it at $5 a gallon at the pump. You're buying that material for, to, to build roads. The standards have improved. Um, you know, some, you look at uh, CPI and then you look at uh, the inflation on road materials, the labor and the raw materials, and there's no way this county can maintain the road system that it has. These roads, a lot of these rural roads will turn to gravel long term and you know it doesn't matter who you have in the board of supervisors you, this county doesn't have the revenue to maintain its road system and it's a lot of the departments are like this you know you were getting at before you know before the show when you when you think about what to discuss uh, how is this all going to work well right now there isn't a plan where it all works and i think roads is just uh an area where we can put our eyes on it and see tangibly the roads are rough and there's a lot of potholes why aren't they being filled the county doesn't produce enough revenue
0: and i will say again adopt a, adopt a road go out and fill some potholes if arnold schwarzenegger can do it we can do it um okay glenn any comments on that
2: well remember that i, I use this analogy all the time this is a county that's two-thirds the size of the state of connecticut uh <laughs> connecticut has 4.5 million people so they, they're able to pay taxes to keep their roads in good condition. We have ninety thousand. So uh our density of population in Mendocino County is pretty close to that of Elko, Nevada. And uh, you know, we just we we live in a very large, beautiful rural place. And uh we just unfortunately the trade-off of being here is that you can't get the kind of services that you would find in a more urbanized area. That's why personally as as I I i'm watching the little bit of growth that does take place uh in mendocino county i kind of encourage it to take place in incorporated areas where they can do the services better where there are centralized sewer systems where the in the case of ukiah they have their own power company which is really important because you're more likely to get a connection out of them these days than you are out of pg and e and they can pave roads and take care of them so uh as as we think about growth in mendocino county i i really kind of support more centralized kind of growth associated with urban areas as opposed to having scattered houses out in the countryside where it's difficult to provide emergency services and you're on septic and uh you know your our our health and safety issues associated with living in real rural places is means you're going to have to compromise some you can't expect to have the same level of of safety that you would in an urban area and it's reflected in things like fire insurance for sure uh and we're we're kind of i think the insurance companies are really putting it in our face about what they think of our relative safety living uh far away from from places even though i live uh in that kind of a setting and i love it
0: yeah the whole thing with insurance companies that's a whole nother issue that is just so inflaming i mean state farm just pulled out of the county or out of the state i think didn't they i heard uh, i'm getting insured um one of the issues i want to bring up because i think it's going to be coming up more in the future it's come up at these board meetings and it's and it's an issue i lived through in the late 70s and one of the things is is there's been this reoccurring statement um about Housing or properties that are not being taxed are not on the tax rolls. So we're actually talking about um, this would be like somebody builds a barn and they don't they build it on the back in the seventies. It was our back to landers There were homeowners that were building it the the homegrown um, you know yurts and the homegrown buildings that were put back, put up back back then, and it was an issue where and it's even more of an issue now, when you go in to get a building permit, as Ted has said, the requirements for building are just over the top. And I will say, in my humble opinion, a lot of them ridiculous, Um, very burdensome. But people that were going in and building their own buildings, um, what what we tried to do back then was to get them on the tax rolls. So there was a real big um, wall between building and planning and the assessor's office. I don't know, Glenn, if you were around then and remember it, Ted, you were probably weren't, you were just a kid in diapers probably. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, <laughs> I'm dating myself, but this was a big issue, and we fought this really, really hard. Um, but what came about back then was that the county's goal was to get these buildings, to get the people that had these buildings on the tax rolls, because that meant you got an annual, tax you got that money coming in annually and they weren't so worried about oh my gosh do they have the right toilet oh my gosh do they have the right um, you know decking material and that kind of thing they just wanted to get these units on the tax rolls so there was a big push and I I was part of that push that we reached out to the communities and said look at we want you to get on the tax rolls. So a lot of people came in and voluntarily came in and said, all right, I built a, I built a barn and this is the value I put into it. And they, they got on the tax rolls. Um, I know we're talking about doing surveillances and there's you know these little droney things and satellites that you can try to find out where people have built and they're not on the tax rolls. If we were to move forward with this, is there a way of doing this like we did it back in the seventies where you get people on the tax rolls, but you're not necessarily, you know, making them have to go through all planning and building and come up to code and you can't have an outhouse, you have to have a, you know an eighty thousand dollar septic system. Okay, you guys know where I'm going.
1: I, I'm gonna say the answer is yes. I mean Thank you, Ted. You, you have an idea. There's a hundred people who will stand in line telling you why you can't do it, right? But the but bottom line is people in this county could decide we believe in fair taxation, and 100 of of taxable parcels should be taxed. And it's it's really not. So Glenn and I met yesterday with uh, with Katrina, our assessor. Yeah, um,
0: like her, good girl. And she, Go get oh, it. she's
1: she's she's great. She's wonderful. And, like yeah. everyone in the county government, she inherited a problem. This has been generations in the making, and uh, she's here to try to fix it with us. I, you know, we talked about. You know, my estimate was maybe twenty percent of of parcels are are not on the tax rolls. You know, she, she indicated it could be higher. Maybe maybe it's as high as thirty percent. We're not we're not realistically we're not going to get to a hundred. There are no rural counties to get to a hundred percent. But but I think somewhere between seventy and a hundred. Imagine if we split the difference. We got half of the untaxed dwellings onto the tax rolls. Um, that you know that may be we can go back four years in billing. That's um, hundred percent would be about ninety million, so maybe forty five million dollars we pick up. We wouldn't be talking about cutting staff. We would be talking about how to improve infrastructure and services in this county. So, you know, rather than a new tax, how about we collect the tax that's already due? How how do we get there? Um we we if we keep uh doing the same thing and expecting a different result, we're crazy. And this idea that, well, we have open positions, we'll wait for somebody to show up and apply. Well, n- nobody's applying, right? We've seen this over the decades. The county doesn't pay enough. And this these are key positions. You need licensed appraisers to do the work. You can't tax unless you go through that process. I'm ready to pay market value, whatever it is, because we can only go back four years, meaning every year there's millions of dollars of revenue dropping off the table. It'll never be collected. It can't be collected. Weigh that cost with the market costs of appraisers. i pay for the appraisers because every one of them is going to return a multiple of their salary, and it'll be ongoing. The legacy that this board could leave to future boards and the county is uh, you know, millions of dollars of revenue to, to boost every, every service we offer. So um, our assessor is on board. We're having discussions about how we do it, not if should we but how do we do it is it an rfp for outside contractor to do it because we don't have a labor pool is it uh, declaring an emergency and being able to hire at market value is it you know boosting and uh, the recruitment effort and wages in the department we don't know exactly what the formula is but we know the bottom line we need more people active every day assessing properties that are unassessed well what so, about well you yeah, go but, ahead, go ahead but i want to follow up well, I, the, the way I see the flowchart, we 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 assess uh, the uh, properties, we collect the taxes, and then the board has a job of wisely spending the money. Before the money ever gets to us to wisely spend, uh, we're not we're not collecting it and we're not billing for it. And uh, it's it's shocking for me. It took me a while to get to the point where I can whiteboard the problem, with, you know, with ballpark numbers. Now that I see it, I wonder why have my taxes been diluted all these years? I'm paying, Glenn's paying, but Glenn and I are paying for somebody else who doesn't contribute a cent. No wonder we're not getting our roads paved.
0: So what about if we started, like we did back in 78, that 79, what about if we started with a campaign saying, we want you to be on the tax rolls, we're not going to turn you into building and planning, I'll use my place as an example. Say I put up a 10 by 10, let's go bigger. Let's say I put up a 10 by 20 workshop. I did it myself. Um, I go into the county, which I've done in the past, and I said, hey, I put this on. This is what I paid for it, and I get on the tax rolls. Um, There's no penalties because I'm coming in and doing it now. I'm on the tax rolls for them. The county assessor doesn't, doesn't send my paperwork over to building and planning and I have to go through these horrendous things because I built it myself and all of that. Um, couldn't we initially start a campaign to try to bring in the people who wanna be on the tax rolls? It, back then, back then it was a lot of people were building with alternative stuff. You know, back then you had to wire for 110 when you were off the grid with you know, 12 volt stuff. Um, is that something that we could start with like we did back then? What do you yeah, think? That's one
2: of the, that, that's one of the proposals that that Katrina uh was thinking about and and uh, we we had some discussion about that. I suspect that there's probably multiple solutions for for how we Im- improve the, the tax rolls and that could be one of them. Uh so
1: Okay, well I, I mean I think it be-, be Yes, we're doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would be willing to start a campaign and get, you know, get uh, Katrina on. She's been on the air a lot to set up a process to get people to understand that it's important that you get on the tax rolls because it's what's supporting all the things you need. I think that it, I think a lot of it is the fear that they're going to just get overburdened with the other things. So, hey, guys, we're coming up on pretty quick to the top of the hour. Um, Just so much to go over with the county things, but I think one of the, one of the topics we think that I wanna keep out there is balloting, budgeting by ballot. Do we as a community need to consider about where our priorities go, put it on the ballot and direct the money there? Uh, Ted, were you able to figure out what that cap is for taxes? Oh, uh, you lost no, it, I got, oh, that's I got, okay.
1: I got track. Oh,
0: that's all right, I can get it later, but I just didn't realize there was a cap on it. And the other thing is, is the county's footprint. Uh, what? you know, needs versus the money of what we can actually supply. Um, I got people trying to get on. Do you guys do you want to take a call? When,
1: when I we, we, we would love to. When I drive home and I yeah. say I take 20, there's this billboard about staff up Mendocino. And I'm thinking, imagine, you know, you're suffering inflation personally. Your bills are up yeah. compared to a year ago. Everything, your electricity, your water, your fuel, all your costs. And, and I come along and say, hey, um, hire a gardener. You're going to look at me like I'm nuts, right? I'm telling you to generate more expenses to balance your budget. When I see that billboard, I think there, there's something really wrong in our communication. We need to get to the, a table where we can agree more expenses is not a way to balance our budget. We need a lower footprint so that we can pay living wages. You cut the pie more ways, hire more people, you're never going to be able to give cost of living adjustments.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, I am going to open up the phones. I've uh, got two people online. Um, I want a succinct question. No rambling comments because we do not have a lot of time, but I, you want to get the information to the from the supervisors. Okay, let's see if we can get this one. On. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. What is your question? Hello, hello. Are you there? Okay. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Turn off your f- radio and get us your question.
1: Hi, good morning. This is uh, Bernie Norvell, and I just wanted to um,
0: make a a quick correction that at Monday's meeting, the city didn't
1: decide
2: to add a new
1: um, tax for roads. Um, Our current half-cent sales tax that is dedicated to um, surfacing the streets um, is set to sunset. So the direction that we gave was to add it to the November ballot and remove uh, the sunsetting so we don't have to do this every 10 years. Great. And then to Supervisor Williams' point about cost, about 20 years ago, we could pave a city street one block long or an alley for about $36,000. Today, that price tag is about $250,000. All
0: right. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks, Bernie, for clarifying that. I actually knew that and I misquoted you. Thanks so much, sir.
2: No worries. Thank you.
0: Yep. Yeah, so they're going to... keep that tax going to do it and the costs are credible. Okay, I'm gonna try to get one more call in here. Caller, you're on the air. What's your question? Uh,
1: I just wanna point out that the California state-mandated minimum sales tax is 7.25 and the cap would be up to 10.25.
0: Okay, thank you for that comment, okay. You're welcome. All right, well, we'll see how good that is. All right, guys, we gotta wrap up. Uh, Comments? Going out, Glenn.
2: I, I think this board is really trying very, very hard with staff to put ourselves in a more orderly uh, financial position, and we, we we're getting great cooperation, uh, particularly in, internally with our, our CEO, uh, the elected officials who collect our money and assess. We, we need some work, and I I do believe that they're trying. So uh, that's that's positive.
1: Great, Good T- night since i've been around since i've been watching i see the county government is the strongest it's been it's facing some um really tough challenges uh but i think um we have a solid process that's going to deliver results in the long term
0: so when you talk about because you're the one that's talking about the footprint ted we've got just a, a minute or so when you talk about our footprint and what we can afford where would you see additional cuts I mean, do we just roll back services? I
1: would see not in public safety, and I would see modernizing. I would see oh. uh, deliver, the delivery of services. The county is lagging behind. Look at what private industry has done. You know, you can have a pharmacy delivered to your door now. You don't have to drive out and get it. There's ways the county can provide services to the public more more, more effectively and more efficiently.
0: So is that some of the internal uh, IT stuff that needs to be happening? Is that what you're talking about? More direct access it, through it, Internet? A, it's a, stuff?
1: It, it's across the board modernizing, investing in the people we have um hiring people that have computer literacy right that's now a requirement it wasn't 30 years ago we're we're heading towards a more professional organization with um, a higher level of standards and i think as a result we're going to we're going to get more out of uh smaller staff
0: okay uh glenn anything you see about our footprint that you'd see rolling back
1: well i
2: agree with ted so first of all we need, need to get rid of uh surplus buildings and things that we can't really afford and probably are underutilized too and and uh the other thing in economic development i didn't mention there's very strong initiative to uh, increase our connectivity through broadband and uh uh, ted's really active on that so that's going to be part of how we increase our efficiency and work from home and do things like that so we don't need to be in an office all the time
0: all right hey well thank you both for doing the work you're doing and for coming on and i will keep on top of the issues anything comes up you know how to get a hold of me guys have a great day and i'll be watching thanks so much thank you size